Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Realcom Live. So fun and good to be here. Uh, the reason I say fun is, as you know, every week I choose a word or a phrase to describe this week's episode. And, you know, we uh, tag on some pretty heavy topics throughout the year, but today is going to be about fun. A little bit of business, but also some fun. So what are we talking about? We are talking about golf. And what does golf have to do with real estate technology? Well, we are going to be talking about our eighth annual golf event um, that we are going to be holding this year at Real Common IBCon in just about two and a half weeks. Um, we've been doing it for, this will be the eighth year. You're going to hear from our two chairs uh, of the golf tournament who've been longtime supporters of Real Common IBCon. And we're going to kind of go over the purpose of the tournament, what happens, why do we do it, uh, what happens on the golf course. And then, of course, we're going to talk about some of the antics that go on um, on that golf course. This year's a little different uh, in that we've adopted a charity. We're going to talk about that as well. Uh, and um, before we get started, let's see a brief video on our golf tournament. And I'm going to bring on these two great guys. All right, let's bring on these two golfers and have a fun conversation about what's going to be happening on that golf course. I think we actually have somebody on a golf course. This is great. <laughs> hey, Jim. Hey, Todd, how are you? It looks like you're actually golfing. Yeah, I'm, I actually am golfing, getting ready for the for the big event. Awesome, awesome. But, uh, I'm, you know, we're really looking forward to it, and the turnout this year is just unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and it's Vegas, which is interesting because it's super hot out and who really wants to play in 100 degree weather. But I think it's it's so packed at this point that we're almost turning people away because it's so busy. But yeah, yeah, it uh, it, it is sold good. out. We'll, we'll get to that in a second because uh, I just got the latest numbers and, and we've got a wait list going. Um, it looks like we lost Robert. He was here in the green room and I don't know um, if he's had some issues. So we'll start the conversation and then uh, I'm sure he's going to pop in here in a second or so. So sure. one of the first questions that I, I wanted to kind of throw out there was, do you remember why we started this? Uh, Nancy tells me that she'd been bugging me for years to, to do a golf tournament. And then I think you and Robert came up and said, you know, we'd like to do this. And we just jumped on it. Do you remember how that all came down? Yeah, I think it was, you know, there's a lot of people that want to do an event or have some camaraderie before an event that's sports related, maybe, and maybe not just going to dinner and and doing that kind of um venue and golf is it seemed perfect and we looked at who was a golfer we we tested the waters in the first real com that we had golf we probably had i don't know what the number was nancy but it was at least 40 40 people I, I, don't, I don't think it was that many i think the first I, one we had like 20 20 i think, I think so. we had like oh. 20 we had like yeah. five foursomes that was it yeah oh okay that was the first one i thought that was yeah. the first one yeah. after that. and i think we think the first one was san antonio if you remember which was really yeah. good. That was a good we're, get, we're getting to the bottom of it. We're going to have it all lined up um, by the time we get to the conference because it's become a very important part of our conference now. And, and so we want to make sure we get all the, 
the data right and, and know when and why and where it started. So um, do you guys remember what what came into your mind when you approached this? I mean, did you like Todd just said, you wanted to have something that was a little different than a, just a dinner. Um, and, and was there any concern that there might not be enough golfers in the community? Or did you just said, let's go for it? I think it was the day, it was always the day before the pre-con started. Exactly. And then we said, you know what, if you would, you know, because if the pre-con started on Tuesday, a lot of us wanted to show up on the weekend anyway. And right. then Monday was kind of a dead day. And then I think, I think the two of us, we were going to go play golf somewhere anyway. I mean, that's the idea. <laughs> and I think we, I think, right. I don't know whether it was Nancy or somebody else who said, you know, why don't we uh, do a, a real fun golf outing? And you guys, you guys jumped on it pretty quickly. Well, thank you to both of you uh, for initiating the idea. And uh, and now that we're in our eighth year, you can pat yourself on the sh on the back saying, pretty darn successful event, you know. And and why do you? Th I mean, it's it, we're we're at eighty plus this year. It's it's technically sold out because the golf course won't take more than eighty. Um, why do you think this thing keeps growing? I mean, are we getting new golfers into the community, or people are just finding out about it? Why why do you think it become it's become so successful? I mean, people here, it's fun, right? We yeah. do have a good time out there. It, it's not super serious. It, it can get serious depending on who you're playing with. But a lot of people just want to do something outside. They, you know, they don't want to be inside still. And yeah, yeah. you're about to spend days, you're about to spend three or four days inside in very serious, intense environments. You know, absorbing a lot of content. Um, and I do think, Todd. Yes, it's. I think word of mouth. Each year, more and more people go back and say, hey, the golf was really a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Yep. Well, on, on, on that note, Ian, can you bring up uh, – we got some photos of you guys. from some, And and I couldn't figure out, but it, it looked like that top right one is Todd actually doing push-ups. Yeah. Todd, do you want to care to comment on that? Is that you? And why were you doing push-ups? Because I told him he had to. I'm standing over him. <laughs> you, normally, normally when I hit a bad shot, Robert says you have to do five push-ups. So that was probably what <laughs> <laughs> Boy, you're lucky I don't golf with you. I'd be doing push-ups every hole. Um, and then and then it looks like Jesse, that was in Scottsdale. He came dressed up and uh, and added a little flavor to the game, a little color. Yeah, Jesse always adds flavor to the game in color. So he always <laughs> is the best dressed uh, golfer, always the most interesting golfer out there, and we love having him too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you just look at some of these photos, you guys have golfed at some really pretty courses, mountains, deserts, oceans. Yeah. Uh, really a good catalog of courses. And uh, they're, let's they're always good. The cities we go to always have good courses. Even Red Rock this year, Arroyo, is going to be a really good course. The, the best was uh, Torrey Pines in San Diego. I mean, that's Torrey a real feat. That was a great yeah. course. Yeah, that, 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 that's, that is. So here here is Arroyo and Red Rock. I mean, look at the mountains. I mean, it's going to be warm, yes, but it's beautiful, you know, a desert uh, climate and looks like a stunning course. Have you, either of you guys golfed this course? I haven't, I haven't played it, Roy. No, I have not. No, but by the way, wherever we played, I was saying before, Todd, that when we, the last time we played in Vegas, um, you know, there was a concern over the heat, of course, but we found that both the temperature on the golf course was not as hot as on the strip because of the amount of macadam and concrete on the strip, just radiates heat, number one. And number two, there was a little bit of a desert breeze, and it was actually, it was, it was actually nice. It was not bad at all. Yeah, I, I no, do. Yeah. I do attempt to golf every once in a while, and I played out in Palm Desert in 100 plus degrees. And uh, yeah, I mean, you just kind of get yourself into the right cadence and, and kind of the you know you can't you can't push it when it's 100 plus yeah. degrees. But 
Um, yeah. And Robert, remember that one year we did it? You and me played tennis that day too. Yeah, I that did. was, that was, uh, playing tennis was definitely much hotter than playing golf. Yeah. I remember. We, <laughs> it, we were, that was in Vegas, right? We were in Vegas. And yeah. We played tennis. yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I'm assuming that some business does conversations do take place, correct? I mean, on the course, I mean, give me a percentage of, you know, let's keep business out of this. You know, so on a, on a zero to 100, what percentage of the conversations are business related compared to just let's have some fun and not talk business? I don't know. 20, 25 percent. I don't know. Something like that. You know, it's not really devoid. It depends. Right. You know, what's, it, what's interesting, Jim, is most of the vendors that I've seen come to the event are more on the business IOT side, on the building side versus the classical, you know, the like Yardies and. MRI always shows up, but, you know, it's more of the newer technology guys that are showing up to the event. And that's really good because you learn more. Right. Right. Well, and, and you guys know better than anybody um, to, to, to get business in our industry. There has to be a high level of trust. You cannot risk, you know, new technologies or new solutions, you know, and, and so getting to know somebody on a golf course, getting to know a little bit about them personally. I think that accelerates that trust feature and you, you get to know them as a person first yeah. and then a vendor, a trusted vendor after. Is that fair? Yeah, no, that's, I was right on the button, Jim. I was going to say one of the things that's really nice about doing the course is that you, it's a much more relaxed setting and you do get to know the person really first and then you talk business. It's a much better and more successful way to engage. Yeah, well, and, and I think that what you guys have added to with the golf term is just indicative of our community in general. Fierce competitors, get in rooms, share ideas, collaborate. I mean, we've had people from other industries come in and come to Real Common IBCon and say, well, why are competitors sharing information? Why is there this sense of camaraderie? You know, and that's at the, in the conference. I think in the golf uh, event, you guys take it to just another level, um, you know, where, where people really get to be friends at the end of the day. Well, um, one, and Jim, one, Jim, Jim, just to take to that, you know, from an IT perspective, this is a different kind of conference where, you know, we're not really competing with right. the like Vernado on a technology base. We're not all competing technology. There's no competition between us, right? right? We're all trying to help each other. So there's more of a community in this than any other kind of conference you're going to go to yeah. because we're not trying to one up each other from a technology perspective. Right. We're trying to help right. each other. Dealing, and dealing with tenants and leases and the leasing side is a different story, but yeah, we don't do that. But so but that yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So it's it's very it's very different when you're talking to people. You're 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 more willing to share about yeah. your experience with a product or whatever it might be versus yeah. you know something competitive like Robert said leasing. Yeah, and that, yeah. Way, that's just that's systemic in the in in the real estate, not just the conference, but. The real estate industry, the CIOs are much more collegial than they are in probably many other industries. Well, that that was our mission from the beginning. Uh, I, I was a real estate CIO and I said, I can't handle this all. You know, I need to collaborate with other people because there's just too much, you know. And, and when we see you guys, you know, elbows on the table, you know, sleeves rolled up, figuring things out together. Um, I think that really makes for an industry that, um, you know, you're, you're proud and happy to be part of. Um, before we go to break, because when we come back, I want to talk about our new charity, you know, partner. Um, what's the number one takeaway from the golf outing? End of the day, end of, you know, you guys get together, you're, you're going back to the hotel. What's the number one takeaway, you know, over the last few years from this golf tournament? 
or golf event, I should say. It's not a tournament. I mean, I would say, I would say it's it's a time to get together with your peers in a different environment, talk a little bit about business, but you know, get to be more personal and have you know form more relationships with people than anything else. Yeah, that's for me. Yeah, no, and I I agree, and I think it's so. It's really a a, a good day, a lot of fun, good networking, and I think what it does mm-hmm. is I think people leave the golf outing a little bit more charged up for the conference. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. exercise is good. All right. Gets the blood going. Yeah. I mean, you know, just from a, a pure health standpoint, being outside, fresh air, walking around, moving, that makes for a healthier individual, which can go into that conference. Like you said, it's three intense days. You're exhausted. At least yep. I am. By yep. those three no, it's, days a good, it's a good running start into the conference. Part. Yeah. Well, like we were joking before, Robert, you know, if this thing keeps growing, we're gonna have to get uh, a course with, you know, two different yeah. <laughs> resort with two different courses. When we get when we get like 120 golfers, we'll go to a place with two courses and we'll start two shotguns at the same time. <laughs> Perfect. All right, guys, hold on, don't go away. Um, we're gonna hear from one of our sponsors. We'll be right back. Good. All right, guys. Um, so what I want to do is, um, oh, we lost Todd. Maybe he's uh, he's got to take a shot. So. <laughs> I think it's great that he's coming in from a golf course. That yeah. just shows you how far we've come with technology, right? You can actually take, take a meeting while you're in the middle of yeah, I don't know. No, remember, when we used to, remember the days when if you could hold on to a cell call for a minute without a lot of garbling, it was okay. Now you expect real-time video. Yeah, well, and you're getting it. I mean, yeah. we were joking, Todd, that you had to take time off to take a shot and then come back to the meeting. Yeah. <laughs> are you hitting no. it, by the way? No, I, they gave me a par on that hole because I didn't play it. So I said, how, how, are, how are you hitting the ball today, Tom? I'm only in the third hole. So I, I bogeyed the first, par the second, and the third hole here, par five. Um, they're still playing it, so they gave me a par. So right. Awesome. Well, thank you for taking interrupting your game. I pre- And by the way, I think you're at a chair. Okay. Uh, all right. We are. Yes, we are. Good segue. So I think it was Todd, but I'm not 100% sure that – yeah, I think we've been talking about it kind of at the edges for the last couple of years. Let's make this thing a charity event and stuff like that. And I think all the um, everything came together this year because we had been working, uh, you know, we had adopted charities for the you know 20 years, 25 years we've been around. We had the poker tournaments and, and, and then after the 08 financial, we stopped doing that because people, you know, budgets were a little tighter. But we always wanted to get back, you know, into adopting a charity as well. So I think everything came together. Uh, you guys wanted to push this into a, as a charity event. We found this organization called Stacks and Jewels. So do you, which one of you guys was the one that, that was talking about the charity event first? Was it you, Todd? I think we were both talking about it really. Like we've always said, like we should do this for a bigger cause, right? Yeah. Right, Robert? Yeah, because and, um, we, we looked at it a little bit as this is outside the conference. We're happy that you guys sponsor it and stuff. But, and you know, we said, well, any excess funds really ought to go to benefit somebody you know, of worthy cause. We were yeah. set to do it, if you remember, in Miami right before COVID. Right. And then, right, it right. Got, you know, so we talked about it for a bunch of years. Miami came around. We were, I forget who the cause was, Todd, in Miami. It was a, it was a local school, I think. It was local, a local school, school. Yeah. yeah. I remember that. Yeah. And then COVID. And then COVID, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, you know, it took us, you know, maybe a little longer than it should have, but the good news is we're here. Um, and then let's talk about stacks and jewels a little bit, right? So, um, we found stacks and jewels. Lisa went to Ashray, uh, they had done a presentation 
she got all excited. I think she was at the airport, and, you know, or in the plane emailing me saying, Jim, just found this organization. You got to literally two days later, we're on the phone with them. We get the lowdown. And here's the 30 second elevator pitch on what they do. Two guys, one a teacher and one a ex-IT executive in New York City, get together and saying, just like you said, Robert, or Todd, we got to do this for a bigger cause. There's bigger issues out there we got to solve. So the teacher, think about it, the teacher DNA and the IT executive DNA come together and they say, we got to help people, young adults, or even in this case, older adults, who maybe aren't given the opportunity to, to get a good job. And because the IT side, John, was, was more involved in the built environment, they chose building automation. So what they did was they put together a program where they bring these kids in from economically and socially challenged neighborhoods uh, or, or environments that, that just would never get exposure to the world of building automation. They knew they were smart. They just needed an opportunity. So they put together this program where they teach them coding to turn lights on and off to music, kind of like a DJ. And then once they get excited about that, then they start putting, putting them into you know real building automation training to the point where after they get through their program, uh, can literally go out and get jobs and you know in, in our industry, high paying jobs. And, and when I talked to them and I saw one of their students, I mean, this this young lady had three of us in almost tears uh, when you hear her story that she said, you know, this literally changed her trajectory. So I, I don't know. I mean, what do you guys think about this organization? And, and I'm excited as heck. They're gonna be at the conference. They're gonna be on the general session stage. Um, so, you know, I don't know if you got any thoughts on, on, on what they're doing. Well, they came, if you, the, uh, Howard had them come to our, our New, New York. York. And I yep. think, it, I don't know if it's the same woman or not that spoke to you, but I think she did have us in tears. Yeah. Um, I was very, I was very much, but I was Todd, you as well. We were both, both very moved by everything we saw about Stacks and Jewels. It's a wonderful, wonderful course. Yeah. It was actually a different, the, the, the uh, woman that was in New York was different than the gal, every one of them. I mean, they speak well, they're, they tell their stories honestly. Yeah. And when you hear their honest story that <clears throat> if somebody, and I don't know about you guys, but I absolutely had a couple people in my life that had I not met, I would not be talking to the two of you right now. Right. Yeah. And so we all need some help along the way. And when you can take an industry and PS, we're killing two birds with one stone because we have a shortage of people in the smart building industry. And yeah. it's, it's more yeah. technical. So we have a need and, and they have a need. And I just think it's so wonderful that we can bring the two together. And yeah, so, I was going to say on top of it, you can't get good. You can't get good qualified professionals in the industry. So no. it's, a, it's a great opportunity. No. Todd, I don't know if you're talking. We can't hear you. I don't know. Can you hear me now? Yep. Now we can. Yep. So I just want to say one thing and I have I actually have to leave. But, okay. you know, the whole Stacks and Jewels is a it sort of emulates a trade like you go into trade school. Exactly. So in a building, we have plumbers, we have electricians. This is sort of like the next version of that, that there's no training for it. So like this, giving people the opportunity to understand building systems is the next level of a trade. So like yep. today, you can't find an electrician, you can't find a plumber. It's the same thing with this. It's not like we're looking for a property accountant or you know a general accountant, that type of person. This is like a very skilled, specific, tra it's a trade. Yeah. So I look at it more as like a trade than anything else. And I think it's terrific. Yeah, we, we have three different training organizations in the conference this year on the exhibit floor. 
various different, you know, after the Stacks and Jewels program, there's a couple other now that will take those folks and take their skill set even higher, you know, getting deep into BACnet and Niagara and, and you know, and other, other you know, very deep technical frameworks. So, you know, there's an, there's a problem. Uh, we come together in the industry and we're doing the best to solve it. And I think Stacks and Jewels and others like them uh, uh, and are, are doing the job. And, and my goal is that they're bringing five of their their students. My goal is that all five of them have job offers before they leave the conference. Wow. So, great. so if, if, if you cool. can, yeah. So when you're out on the course, start chatting it up saying, look, the, we got five people who need jobs coming out here. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me if, uh, if that comes to pass. Yeah. And it was really exciting. We put out a scholarship drive a month or so ago to get those kids to the conference, pay for all their expenses. The industry wrote checks. I think uh, we raised more than enough to get their airfare taken care of, their hotels, their their you know uh, meals and stuff. So, yeah, we are we are adopting that organization, and the golf tournament is or, or golf events going to be an absolute part of it. So, can we see you tee off, Todd? Can we have somebody hold your camera? Yeah, can, can we watch you? Can we watch you tee off, Todd? You guys, all right, I'm not going to go first, but keep talking. <laughs> I, I go last. Yeah. All right. Well, we, we do have um, a, a question, Robert, about the sold out. I think we hit 80. We got people squeezing in. Um, should I guess Nancy's suggesting that we have a wait list going, but it, it doesn't really seem like we're going to be able to add too much, too many more based on. No, the well, first of all, the course. So I'm assuming, Nancy, that, that this, the whole course is closed for us then because we're going to shot down all 18 holes, right? Yeah. Yeah, so typically in a shotgun like this, the most you're gonna get is you know 24, 22, 23 foursomes. Anything more than that, the course really plays slowly. So we're already at 20 foursomes, <laughs> 21 foursomes. So really it's and yeah, you yeah. said you had said that the the after room where we're gonna have the lunch and, and ceremonies is only can support 80 people anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. So, so for all those folks who are still thinking about getting in, give us your name. There's always something happen. You know, planes delayed. Somebody has to cancel, you know, and, and, and that's pretty consistent. We lose a couple people. So please get us your names. We'll put them on that list. And it'll also give us an idea of how big the demand is. So next time we can make accommodations, uh, you know, they, they can serve a little bit bigger. Crowd. Yeah. We either find a, a facility with two courses and then we can have Two groups, two sets, you know, two yeah. divide the team, the field into two sets for two shotguns. So um, while we're waiting for Todd, Robert, what was uh, in all the years you played some of the funniest things you've seen on the course, the the antics, if you will? <laughs> I think the amount of alcohol that's consumed both on the course <laughs> in general and by the man in the green shirt right there is <laughs> is legendary. Now, if you tee off with Todd and you play a couple holes, he's not hitting the ball great because he hasn't had enough to drink. And then and he, I take one or I take one drink on the golf course. I can't hit the ball. I'm he, tired. Yeah, I he agree. Needs five, he needs at least five Red Bull and vodkas, and then he actually starts hitting the ball great. Well, I, I, on that note, so I'm not a golfer, and that's why I've never You're joined. Right. But but I did play in a tournament in an old company 30 years ago. Zuzu Kapalua Open, Kapalua Course in Hawaii. I'm out with my boss and everybody. We got probably four or five foursomes. It's a company event. We're coming up the final fairway, 18, and they're closing the course down because they're getting ready for the tournament. I had too many beers, and I smacked the ball. It's laying right at the bottom of the green, 
or I'm lying two at the bottom of the green. I get out of the cart and with just my putter and I go, my boss goes, where's your, where's your wedge? I said, I'm just going to use a putter. I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you, let's watch him golf. And I'll and I, we're on par three here. Come on, PGA. Yeah. This is great. This is, this is in the woods. Oh, actually, I got a shot out of it. But it wasn't Very a good looking swing. Look good, guys. It looked good. It looked good. Good looking swing. Uh, so, anyway, I'm lying to at the foot of the green, jumped out of the cart with my putter, and I couldn't see the pin because it was a hill. I could just see the tip of the pin. So, I'm kind of, you know, doing my best. I, hit, I swing it like a croquet mallet. It goes straight up the hill. It's heading towards the top of the pin. I run up the hill. Three of them are sitting there. It dropped. I birdied 18. No professional in the tournament birdied the 18. Nice. nice. <laughs> and I did it with a couple too many beers and a putter. So that's my only golf story that I can I can share with you guys. So that's that's a good one. That's a yeah. Good it one. was. It was. It was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. All right, Todd, we're going to let you go. Robert, thank you so, so much. Uh, you guys don't know how much we appreciate it. Stacks and Jules appreciates it. And we will see you uh, in less than three weeks. Sounds, sounds good. Can't wait. Hey, Todd, good, we're, Todd, we got to arrange to play on Sunday, right? Uh, Sunday before the Monday. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'll get, to, I'll right. get together. Okay. Bye, guys. Cool. Take All care, right. guys. All, All right. right. All right. Uh, well, how cool is that? I mean, the guy is on the golf course, and we get to, we get to watch him swing. Um, the, the marvels of technology, RealCom Live not only talks serious, but we have fun as well. So with that, let's bring on, I think Howard's got somebody subbing for him today, if I'm not mistaken. There oh, she is. Yeah. <laughs> he's out again. He's out again. All right. Well, uh, Maybe you do he's so out practicing his golf swing. His, yeah, we don't get the chance to golf because we're all so no. busy running around. I would love to, even as, although I'm bad, I would love to, you know, try, uh, try playing, but it's just not going to be in, in our cards. We got uh, too many things to do and, you know, checklist to, to cross off. So uh, for eight get... years, I've been saying I'm going to play at least this year or for the last two years, we've had one female golfer. Right. I think last year we actually had two. So all the ladies out there will find a way off the wait list for you. Yep, exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, let me get out of your way, do the news and I'll see you in a minute or two. All right. Very good. Here's a quick recap of a few of the articles in yesterday's news briefing. Our first article is about the opening of the new headquarters for Amazon. This week, hundreds of employees began working in a pair of two 22-story office towers that make up the first phase of Amazon's HQ2, the company's second headquarters campus located in Arlington, Virginia. This also marks a major milestone in the massive development in DC known as National Landing. Amazon expects to create tens of thousands of jobs in the region as HQ2 continues to develop. The article highlights some of the key features of the new building, such as advanced environmental and sustainability measures. These include energy efficient systems, green roofs, a focus on pedestrian friendly spaces, and communal areas to promote collaboration and employee well being. Next up, the 10 smartest cities in the world. Each year, the International Institute for Management Development on an economic uh, institution produces the IMD Smart City Index, the world's ranking of the cities that are adopting a sustainable, efficient, and interconnected model of the future for the benefit of their citizens. The article names the 10 smartest cities, highlighting their use of technology and innovation to improve various aspects of urban life. Notably missing from this year's list is any city in the U.S. 
Number one, Singapore leads the ranking with its network of sensors deployed across the city, enabling real-time monitoring of energy consumption, waste generation, and water consumption. Zurich took the second slot with its focus on sustainable energy, I'm sorry, sustainable transportation, energy efficiency, citizen engagement, and di digital innovation. And Oslo captured the third position in the ranking with their implementation of smart grid technologies, advanced energy management systems, and district heating networks to improve energy efficiency and promote sustainable energy consumption. Check out the article for details about the other cities that took top billing on this new index. And lastly, this week's Realcom Best Practice Showcase Project Spotlight features Compass Properties City Center at 735, a historic 107-year-old multi-tenant office building in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, older buildings present unique challenges when it comes to retrofitting them with the latest smart building technologies. City Center 735 now utilizes advanced OT solutions to optimize energy efficiency, improve occupant comfort, and streamline maintenance and operation processes. Check out the case study for more about this interesting and successful technology retrofit. And that's a wrap on the news. Well, Be you sure know, to read these and the other articles on our website. That top city list, Nance, you, have, if anybody know, we've traveled the world, right? You've organized the tours in, in Singapore, as well as six other Asian cities in the Middle East and Europe. Why is there no U.S. city on that list? I believe that in a past year, New York had made the list, but no more. I would argue that Las Vegas could start making that list. Oh. In, in P.S., uh, we've got the chief innovation officer speaking in our general session about right. that city. Um, and I think maybe the world just doesn't know what Las Vegas is doing yet. You know, sometimes it, it is a little discouraging, especially given that we've been at this for 25 years, you know, traveling the world, bringing back those best practices. We should have at least two, maybe three cities on that list. Mm -hmm. So anybody, yeah. you know, if this podcast ever gets out to any, you know, city managers or politicians at a state, regional or local level, it's time to get going, guys. Um, we have the technology, we have the innovation. It, it takes will and vision, and um, that comes from people and leaders or not. So yeah. thank you so much. And uh, have we'll a wonderful finish. holiday weekend. Yeah, you too. Be well. All right. Uh, before we um, finish and wrap the show and talk about next week, let's hear from our final sponsor, and I'll be right back. All right. Uh, first of all, thank you uh, to Todd and Robert. I mean, not just for today's episode or Todd letting us watch you. Uh, take a shot, but for your commitment on this uh, golf event for eight years now and, and you know, your vision to have it started and then recently to turn it into a, a charity event. Um, your efforts are, are showing to be very successful. It's a good addition to the conference, brings a lot of good energy, getting people outside. And this year we're going to raise some money for a very, very worthy cause, Stacks and Jewels. Uh, thank you to our sponsors. And of course, always thank you to our Realcom team who puts this episode together each week. Uh, next week, another surprise. We will uh, let you know beginning midweek what our topic is. We're going to kind of hold it under uh, under the covers for a little bit. Uh, it's going to be exciting. And we're only two weeks away from the conference. So you can only imagine uh, what we're going to be talking about. So with that, I'd like to say thank you. Have a great day. Great weekend. Those of you in the U.S., uh, have a good holiday weekend, and we will see you next week on Realcom Live. Be well.